0: This episode of the Disney Film Project podcast is brought to you by touringplans.com. It is the one-stop shop on the internet for figuring out how you are going to plan your Disney vacation. Disneyland or Disney World, it doesn't matter. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, you want to figure out how to get there and not wait in line, this is how you do it touringplans.com a disneyland you're trying to figure out how to get out there and how to navigate all the cool new stuff like cars land and buena vista street and all that great stuff without having to wait in line touringplans.com you can optimize your touring plans check the crowd calendar do all kinds of great stuff make sure you check that out over at touringplans.com they're the sponsor of this week's episode of the disney film project podcast (laughs) Welcome again, everybody, to the Disney Film Project Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the films of the Walt Disney Company. They could be Marvel. They could be Pixar. They could be Lucasfilm, Disney Toon Studios, anything and everything that the Walt Disney Company has released from day one until just yesterday. If you looked, they might have released something yesterday. Go check. Uh, We talk about it here on this program and over at DisneyFilmProject.com. I'm Ryan Kilpatrick, host of the program, and along with the folks you are about to meet, we run DisneyFilmProject.com where you can find blu-ray and dvd reviews show notes for this very show you can find reviews going all the way back to films of the 1920s so make sure you go and check out all the great content up there at disneyfilmproject.com joining me as always a man who always makes me glad when i hear him mr todd perlmutter
1: oh you're so sweet well it's true
0: (laughs) one of my favorite things every week is just to sit and talk with you guys so yes uh, of course, also our fine film expert from all of the sites on the internet is Miss Rachel Kolb.
2: <laughs> Every single site. Just just check there. I'll, I'm probably writing there.
0: Yeah, just go to the site, search Rachel Kolb, you'll find her. She's there. Yep.
2: Uh, and of course,
0: our fine producer, Miss Cheryl Perlmutter, who you can find at about.me slash Cheryl P3. How are you, Cheryl?
3: I'm doing good. I'm going to give people a hint. Wedway um, Radio is dust uh, talked about one of our next upcoming movies that features Dean Jones so go do your IMDB folks and get Ooh. and you figure out what what we will be doing not after this one but after the next one next one next one is um into the woods and then we then we'll talk about the this the one that the one that the Liberty radio gave us a little bit of history on
0: there you go so go check that out. Uh, And, of course, from time to time, uh, we invite friends to join us uh, when we are talking about movies that they may love, uh, as you may have seen when you downloaded the episode. Today, we are continuing Hayley Mills Month with Pollyanna, the 1960 film with Hayley Mills' debut at Disney. And joining us to talk about it is our friend Tammy from the Tierra Talk podcast. How are you, Tammy?
4: hi i'm doing fantastic ryan thank you for thank you all of you for having me on the show i'm i love Haley mills and i love all of her movies that she's done for disney and elsewise and i'm very excited to talk about pollyanna such a positive movie so
0: (laughs) it really is it really uh i think obviously that's the point of the movie but uh i had not seen it in in quite some time i don't know about uh the rest of you guys but i it's been it's gosh it's been at least 10 years since i'd seen this um, I don't know, like Todd, Cheryl, Rachel did, did you guys uh, had you guys seen this recently or was this like uh, coming back to it?
2: okay so for me i always mixed up this movie with anne of green gables growing up um which mm-hmm. i mean looking looking at the pieces of it i mean it, it makes sense you know sure. orphan optimistic very excited about seemingly everyday things goes to live with a cranky older unmarried woman um there's a, an, another older cranky lady who insists that she's dying and has a grown daughter caring for her she has freckles and ends up having a big fall at one point it's it's all kind of makes sense. I didn't think that I'd have actually seen Pollyanna. I thought that I had just seen Anna Green Gables and that I was just confusing the two of them. But there are a few things that I remembered very distinctly from this that came back to me very like flashback as I was watching this. Which was her being in the flag at the at the bazaar. Um I <laughs> I remembered the prisms. I remembered how how much of this movie is devoted to prisms. And I remembered the fall at the end. That was, that was all that I remembered about this movie.
0: Oh yeah. The fall at the end part. We'll talk about it, but yeah, that watching it this time, having, knowing what happened, I'm just like, Oh, 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 you know, just you're sitting on edge waiting for it. Uh, what about you, Todd?
1: So, yeah, for me, it's kind of like when I was a kid growing up, it, I remember like every Sunday, this and Heidi would play like every single Sunday. Oh Yeah. Right And then so I, I knew it really well when I was a kid, but it had been a while since I'd seen it as an adult..
0: And what about you, Cheryl?
3: I've only managed to see um, this is frequently shown on the Hallmark channel, and so I've only managed to ever always catch the last five minutes somehow. I don't know how I've only managed to catch the last five minutes. One day I thought I hit record, and apparently I didn't because it's not in my DVR. Um, I still have the holiday to watch from 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 this, this past Christmas, <laughs> this past holidays, but um, but I but I always only have managed to the last five minutes, so it's really weird <laughs> going into the last five minutes and they, there they are, she's going down the stairs and they're all saying goodbye to her and then she goes and leaves. <laughs> Spoiler
4: alert. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I think everybody understands that. Because, I mean, the, the last section of this film is like probably the most famous bit of, of the film, uh, and and people have seen it a lot. My, I, I'm similar to you guys that I hadn't seen it in a long, long time, but the thing I remembered most was Agnes Moorhead as uh, Mrs. Snow. I yeah. remembered that voice just stuck with me for years and years and actually kept me from watching the movie again.
4: Oh, <laughs> oh my. <laughs>
0: Because I, I like her portrayal is amazing. Now that I watched it again, but like that voice, that oh, you know, you know, like that just crawled up and down my last nerve.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and all you can think of is Bewitched. Oh uh, yes,
3: <laughs> all I could think of was, was Get Smart because the the guy, the guy, the one of the guys in the opposition of Mrs. Harrington was Mr. Was, Tarbell was, was, um the chief from Get Smart.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Pollyanna was released in in one thousand nine hundred and sixty to talk a little bit about the about the film. It was uh a decent size hit. it was as we mentioned haley mill 's first big role for Disney, so she was recommended for the role uh, Disney signed her, and she ended up doing six pictures. This is the last one that we 've done yeah she, this was the the last that we 're covering, but the first of her films uh for Disney she got recommended for the role uh. By, by a famous actor. i I've forgotten who it was, actually.
1: Oh, it was the... I can't remember who it was. It was for her role in Tiger Bay that she got recommended, but it was actually uh, Lily who insisted to Walt that she play the role.
0: Yep. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
0: Well, I, I imagine that carried quite a lot of weight.
1: <laughs> Probably, <laughs> considering yeah. she got the role. Well, Walt had not actually seen the Tiger Bay movie. She was on vacation with Bill Anderson's wife. in London and they saw the movie out in London while they were on a shopping trip and they came back and they made the two of them watch the movie so that they would hire her
0: oh nice yeah uh, but it this also has uh, for, for a Disney film Probably a bigger name cast than you're used to from the '60s. So Jane Wyman, who probably to folks today is probably best known as Ronald Reagan's first wife, but at the time in the '50s and '60s was a was a fairly big actress. Carl uh, Malden is in this uh, playing the pastor. Um, like we we'd already mentioned, Agnes Moorhead, who was on Bewitched. Um, Kevin Corcoran, who had been in a lot of Disney films before. So yep. uh, you know a lot of folks who are fairly noticeable um, that they had been in the other films uh, Nancy Olsen had been in a lot of films uh, and, and TV shows uh, around this time so this is a one of the more recognizable casts that you're going to see in a Disney film from the 60s like we've talked about before like most of the people you know that Disney hired during this time was were TV actors
1: yeah I really love Carl Alden in this movie I don't know why I just like his reverend character is really good
2: well, he really reminds me of uh, John C. Riley in this movie. Like, I feel like if they remade it, that's the <laughs> oh, they yeah. would end up casting.
0: I, yeah, I didn't think about that's that. You comparison. just said it. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. You're right. Uh, the other thing to note about this is the, the director, which was um, David Swift, who also uh, wrote the story for The Parent Trap. He wrote this, uh, wrote the uh, adaptation of the novel. And directed it. And what's interesting is I, I didn't know anything about David Switch until we started I started looking into stuff in the movie. The guy, like he didn't put out a lot of films, but he wrote and directed Pollyanna, he wrote The Parent Trap, and he wrote Candleshoe, which are probably three of my favorite films of this period from Disney.
1: Huh. Yeah, it it it's interesting too. He had like an argument with Walt over this movie. Yep. Because because he didn't like the way it was cut, and Walt wouldn't let him change it. Because you know, Walt always had final say. Of course, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
4: yeah. What specifically did he refer to about the cutting? What was he not S- too keen on?
1: Specifically in the in the in the quotes from the memoir, he was talking about how he felt that the some of the scenes were too long and had too much stuff in it. And he thought the movie was probably about 20 minutes too long and some of the scenes he felt could be better arranged.
2: I would actually completely agree with that. I like this movie a lot, but it is way too long. It does not need to be longer than
4: two hours. Mm -hmm. I agree with that, too. That would be nice if they did. And it has a different ending than it does in the book. And uh, I think the one that they had a remake with, too um if i'm if i'm not mistaken because uh i actually do prefer the book's uh, ending which is a little because this kind of leaves it an open-ended ra- with with uh, whether or not pollyanna will um th- whether the operation will actually work but i guess we'll reach to that we'll get to that point when we reach the end so
0: <laughs> yeah so that's interesting i actually uh had not read the book i mean and you obviously knew it was a book but you've read it tammy
4: I've read it a long time ago, and I kind of remember that they were different endings but um I, I didn't get a chance to i wanted to reread it before we started recording, but it is a long book <laughs> and yeah. um but i I was looking into some of the um some of the uh, the main points that the book reaches, and you know the, the disney's version does does a very good job of hitting all points of what the book is kind of focusing on. Um, which is the positive, the posi- um the positive reaction that Pollyanna has to everybody around her, and then towards the end, how they uh, love her very dearly, <coughs> back and forth. But um, yeah, I think it was very, very similar to, um, very, very similar to the book, and it stayed true to it, which is very interesting. But I did not see there was one that there was an, a different Pollyanna that was made in the twenties, if I'm not mistaken, and it starred another famous actress. And I forget who it was. Do you guys? Do you guys yeah, know? Yeah, it was
2: because uh, she was known as Little Mary, was what she was often known on the screen. Because it was a, it, I believe it was a silent film adaptation of it. But she Mary was, Mary
4: Pickford, right?
2: Yep, Mary Pickford. Yep. Mm-hmm.
4: Perfect. That's who it was. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for reminding me.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Um, one thing we should discuss is uh, the book has fallen out of copyright protection, so you can actually get a free ebook version of it if you're interested in reading it nowadays. Well,
4: that's just, it, know, that's great news! I think I'm going to do that after after <laughs> yeah. just,
1: just put it on my. i, I it, Yeah, since we brought up the book, um, it it actually uh, like you were talking about the books. There's a there's a sequel to the book. I've read the first two, but like if if you think it was a long time ago for you, Tammy, it was a long time ago for me because I'm pretty sure I was in middle school at the time. Uh, <laughs> And there's there's a sequel to it where she's older, and she's, and I don't really, you know, she's older and she is having a life and everything like that, so, you know, it it definitely has a a follow-on where she's better off than, you know, for after the accident, so...
4: Well, that's very interesting. I did not know it had an actual sequel. Yeah. (laughs) Now now the author wrote it, correct? The original author. The author
1: wrote the original book and the one sequel, but there's like a dozen more books that are not written by Eleanor Potter. Porter, sorry, I don't want to confuse it too.
4: Oh wow! (laughs) I did not know this.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's
4: good to know then. Just in case next time I I do check out a book, I'd love to. Once I finish reading the first original *Pollyanna* again, I'd love to read the sequel. That sounds very, very interesting.
1: Yeah. I used to like to read books and do dioramas when I was in school at that time now. Instead of book reports. You're not me. alone. <laughs> <laughs> um I it's this movie's very interesting, but I we all kind of sound like we generally like the movie for the most part, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean I think we all agree it's a little long, but other than that, I think overall, without you know, getting into ratings, but a lot a lot of people feel that this is probably one of Walt's greatest live action movies ever. Some people even consider it Better and more important for the Disney movie catalog than Mary Poppins was. Whoa. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I, I, I was of the same. I, I kind of thought had the same reaction to me. But as you look through, you're right, Todd. Like people, I think Mary Poppins is sort of the culmination of all the things that Walt did in his career. But this, as far as just making a live-action film, this is the one that people point to a lot of, like, if you just want to make a live-action film, this is this is what a Disney live-action film actually is, is, the, is Pollyanna. Mm.
1: It's probably also one of the first um, movies out of Disney to come up with a lot of technically what you'd call them today or memes. One of the very interesting things that I find about this movie is if you look at it, it's probably one of the first Disney movies to really start, like, what we would call them today are memes, right? For example... You know the the falling out of the tree thing. It's you know the, the the injured child really wasn't in a movie. Like they never really Hollywood wouldn't allow it for a while, right? Right, and then this one it happens in. So there's that, and it happens a lot. The um the thing at the end where all the characters come in, right? That's been done in several movies since. Right, movies really like to pay homage to that moment.
4: Like a right, curtain the, call, basically, for right. everybody to come on out.
1: Exactly. Uh, you know, it's, it's an idea from a play, right, is everybody comes to the sick person at the end of the play, right? It's it's very, it's very a theater thing that made it its way into the movies. Um, well, it's a,
0: it's yeah, also I, like the end of It's a
2: Wonderful Life, right?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, true. That was really what I was mm-hmm. feeling
2: from that. I was like, this feels like the end of It's a Wonderful Life.
4: Mm-hmm. True. And Lord of the Rings, too. I thought Lord of the Rings because Frodo's sick in bed and then all the hobbits come on in.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true.
3: All I thought was Roger Rabbit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, like Top Stan, they do it. They do it in a whole bunch of movies. Like um, you know, like we we just listed three
1: off the top of our heads. You know, that's true. Also, like this doesn't come from the movie, but the term Pollyanna. It's actually a term based on the yep. character, right? right. So, and we call those eponyms for people who are not familiar with the the type of word that it is. But you know, and it it means literally what she portrays in the movie is you know, a a person who is just happy and optimistic about everything, no matter how adverse everything is.
2: Yeah, and it's usually used as more of like a derogatory term, that it's not necessarily positive to be a Pollyanna. Like, I actually did a little bit of reading up on the term of being a Pollyanna, and there were a number of articles talking about the notion of Pollyanna's, specifically her sort of blind optimism actually being borderline callous, that it's like that a guy breaks his leg, and she goes, "Well, at least you haven't broken both of them. You still have the use of one of your legs." And it's like, "Well, great, thanks. I, <laughs> my leg's still broken." <laughs>
1: <laughs> true, true. <laughs> it, it, now, the interesting thing, though, I mean, because now we're talking about it a little bit, is is the whole operation thing at the end. I wasn't aware in the time frame when this movie is supposed to be taking place that they could do operations to. Re- someone who's been that injured
4: I had no idea. I was completely clueless with that and because they they actually talked a little bit more in depth about it in the sequel. Not the sequel. Excuse me. Um, a, a remake of it in 2003, uh, which they actually used some medical terms, and I was completely confused. And actually, the the guy who's being told the uh, the medical terms too has said, "I'm confused too. Just tell me. Just tell me flat out what you mean in English. You know." So I, I'm not quite sure when does it when does it take place? I'm I, I didn't even it's know in- what year it takes place either. <laughs>
0: it's in 1912 because the, the book came out in 1913, and um, the the movie takes place in 1912.
4: Right,
1: and there's okay. there are Model Ts and Model As in the movie. So
4: mm. right, mm. okay. I th-
2: see. I thought that they would go with more of an explanation, like they did with Matthew on mm. Downton Abbey, where it's just like suddenly he isn't paralyzed anymore. That there isn't really a real medical explanation. It's just. Hey, we made a mistake. You're not paralyzed.
1: Right. Oh, my. <laughs> now, now the, the glad game that she plays right in the movie, because that, that's what they call it, right? She calls mm-hmm. it that one, in that one scene. Yeah. The, Parker Brothers actually made a very popular board game called Pollyanna the Glad Game that they sold for many, many years. It's not, you can't do it now. You can't get it now because it's not made anymore. But I thought that was interesting.
4: I did not know this.
1: Yeah, it, it's eBay calls my name. <laughs> it's apparently like Parcheesi.
0: So,
4: so let's talk about the movie.
0: Uh, it is, you know, Haley Mills plays Pollyanna very clearly, and it's set in this town called Harrington, uh, as we said in the year 1912, and opens with the train coming into town uh, because it's a Disney film and Walt loved trains, right?
2: Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: <laughs> so that's uh, i've noticed more and more as we watch uh my my son started watching the movie with me and he is 13 which means he's cynical about everything in the world and he says to me why is it that every movie that walt disney made is set in 1910 and has a train in it
4: <laughs> <laughs> good question
0: <laughs> uh <laughs> I said, well, you've been to Marceline, son. You saw where he grew up, and he liked trains, and he liked that time. That was when he grew up, so that's the kind of movies he made. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's just – that's the way it was. Uh, But the train delivers Pollyanna to town, who has come to live with her aunt Polly, and uh, she's met at the train station by Nancy, the maid, uh, who comes to her and you know picks her up from the train station. And there's all sorts of intrigue at the train station because <laughs> this other woman gets off the train who we don't know and sees this other guy is back in town, and that means something. And it's just – it's one of those things. It's like you can tell this is a small town because gossip is traveling quickly in this town.
1: It's just this one lady actually. <laughs> Right, but then it, it, it's like Nancy
0: gets in on it, and you know, like it, it travels. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah,
1: no, no. But I mean, Mrs. Tarbell is uh, is 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 a full on busybody. Yeah, she's
4: kind of, she's kind of like Marty from Greece, who is always spreading the rumors. That's how I see it. <laughs> There's one person in that in that little uh, clique that is always the one who spreads the rumors. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, so there's all these different uh, rumors about uh, what's going on with this guy who's returned to town, and then, of course, talking about Pollyanna. And you immediately get this notion when Pollyanna gets off the train, which I found interesting, not having seen this in a while, that something's weird about the town because this is a girl who's been orphaned. We know that much. And this woman is talking to her about, like, well, you should be grateful that your aunt's taking you in. You should be, you know, most kids get sent to an orphanage. You just remember to be grateful. And I don't know about you guys, but like, I've known those people. I know people who would say those exact things to, to a 12 year old girl.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just wrote down. She's met by a woman who is not particularly nice to her. No, not at
0: all. Not <laughs> all. Uh, and she ends up, you know, they, they take the car over to aunt Polly's house. And as it turns out, aunt Polly is loaded uh, Aunt Polly has a lot of money, and she has a huge house with lots of servants. It takes about ten
1: minutes to pan up the side of the house,
0: right? And the music uh, plays off of that, which is which I like. That was a nice touch. That I, that that's one thing I will say is that the score for this is really good at manipulating your emotions. Uh, because they do it here, right, with the pan up the house, and then you know we already talked about the fall moment, but like they build you up to those moments throughout the movie, and I noticed that watching it this time that the score, you know, really plays emotionally well. Like it's not, it's not a John Williams score where it's particularly memorable, but it definitely it helps to set the mood for what you're watching.
2: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Did you guys do any reading about the uh, the mansion that was used for Aunt Polly's house?
1: A little, but you can you can get into it.
2: Um, the, the name of the house is uh, the McDonald Mansion. Um, it was built in the late 1870s and is actually still standing. Um, interestingly enough, the mansion isn't actually as tall as it appears in the film, and the top two floors were added with a matte painting.
4: Huh. Really?
2: Yeah, there's actually um, there's an excellent article online that shows uh, what the mansion actually looks like and then a shot of what it looks like in the film.
1: And it's in Santa Rosa, California, for people who want to go see it. So they, it is,
4: they shot everything on the outside for that, but they did they they shot everything on the inside on sound stages. Am I correct on that?
1: outside was shot for the house there. It was also shot in Napa Valley and Petaluma.
4: Got it. Okay, very interesting.
1: And then everything, <laughs> like you said, everything in store inside was in Burbank.
4: And w- wasn't the wouldn't the um, the the tree scenes and the um, the attic. Scenes be shot on a soundstage too, or did they actually use a real tree?
1: I, I think you're right. It probably because it's got that funny-looking fake dark sky, so i say it's probably kind of like, like kind of like
4: what they have with Mary Poppins, <laughs> with the with the up on the top of the houses.
1: <laughs> uh, oddly, the top of the building is also painted and doesn't oh. exist in Mary Poppins. Right? Yeah. That we're talking about that. So. Yep.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that,
0: that's true. I didn't think about that, but you're right. And so, when she goes into the house, it's very interesting because uh, Aunt Polly is in the salon, I guess is what you'd call it, um, looking out over (laughs) the the green room, uh, talking with the pastor, played by Carl Malden, and basically Aunt Polly is giving him the notes for the sermon uh, on Sunday, which if that doesn't clue you into the fact that this town is something, you learn that Aunt Polly's name is Polly Harrington, and the town is named Harrington, which should also clue you in, Uh, and then... Aunt Polly is what you would call stoic. Yeah, I, I was searching for the word. She's like, you know, strict.
1: <laughs> yeah, unfeeling. <laughs> I I like how Nancy goes. The little girl is here, not your niece. Right.
3: Yep. <laughs> well, they never talk about the. I mean, they they say they say very little about the mother.
1: And I'm like, it's so weird. I'm under the impression there was a falling out, but I don't, like I said, I can't, it's not covered in the movie and I can't remember the book that well. Yeah, well,
2: it's it's mainly that she keeps saying to Pollyanna not to talk about her father. Like, do not talk about your father around this house.
4: It's like a big gossip story. I kind of understand it from, uh, because when they did this sequel, it was much more understandable because what happened was... um, um, oh, my goodness, I forget. Her, I just forgot the last name. Uh, what happened was her sister was uh, Pollyanna's mom, of course, and she ran off with Pollyanna's father, which is why her sister does not like Pollyanna's father, doesn't want his name being told. Um, but the the man who lives by himself, I, I'm going blank on his name. He lives by himself Pender, in his own Mr. house. Mr. Pendergast. Mr. Pendergast. He actually was in love with Pollyanna's mother. And uh, there was this whole misconception where everybody thought it was Mr. Pendergast who loved Aunt Polly, but it really wasn't. And everybody's going back and forth and everything. And Mr. Pendergast actually wanted to adopt Pollyanna, if I remember correctly, in the book. And um, and Pollyanna says, no, I can't because I really love my Aunt Polly. I need to be there for her. So it's kind of like this, uh, as, as the world turns, <laughs> one of those uh, dramatic types of uh does he love her does she love him that type of thing going on so
0: a little more Uh-oh. melodramatic than the movie
4: yes it, the movie doesn't really explain it very well but you know in, in the book and in the um remake it kind of goes it dives into more of that which i don't think is necessarily needed i think i like i prefer not knowing too much about what's going on <laughs> i do like the aunt polly uh, relationship with the doctor i think that's very interesting to know yeah. So the
3: joke I wanted to make is is that the father was the father from the other Haley Mills movie we saw that got captured.
0: <laughs> All from the Church of the Castaways. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it could be. I mean, he was a missionary, so... Yeah. You know, yeah. It's entirely possible. Good idea. Good idea. <laughs> uh, could be. Could be. Uh, yeah, so... It's it's interesting because, you know, Aunt Polly sort of dismisses her and has her go up through the house. And you get a little tour of the house sort of floor by floor because Nancy is taking her up the floors, takes her through the kitchen where she meets Tilly, uh, the cook. uh, Takes her up to the second floor where she meets the maid, Angelica, until she's finally up in the attic room. I mean, she passes like four or five rooms that are like really nice to get put in this dingy room. Yeah. Empty rooms to get put in this dingy room up in the attic, uh, but Pollyanna makes this you know she does what you would expect from Pollyanna and says, "Oh no, it's nice, it's a, you know it's a nice bed, and I've got a window, and you know all this kind of stuff, uh, And that's when she explains what, what Todd was talking about, the gladness game to Nancy, which is you know you always find something to be glad about, even if uh, you've broken a leg or something like Rachel was saying.
1: Yeah, I think it's actually Angelica who shows her the room because Nancy kind of hands her off. Oh, you're right. You're right. I apologize.
4: Yes, because yeah. Nancy's in love with the George. Another love interest going on.
0: <laughs> yes. What about yeah, and Fred? That's... Sorry. <laughs> oh
4: yes.
0: <laughs> hey, I just thought maybe that's how they named the Weasley brothers in Harry Potter.
4: <laughs> Fred and George and Fred. Very yeah. interesting.
0: Right, because he's both and they're twins. Wow. I'm saying. It. <laughs> Mind blown, right there. Yeah, so we should explain that, though, that Nancy saw this gentleman in in town. Uh, We didn't get an explanation as to who he was when she picked up uh, Pollyanna. Uh, And we get the explanation later at dinner because Pollyanna goes to dinner, Nancy starts to serve dinner, and Aunt Polly says, I don't want you seeing George Dodds, who is the guy that we, we met earlier. And Aunt Polly starts to sort of explain to... Pollyanna what the story is like that you know the t- that she has to be act with the most propriety that you know the the family is is an institution in the town and uh, so basically you're getting the picture i think that aunt polly sort of is a institution in the town in that she runs everything
2: this whole conversation over Christmas break, I watched I marathoned two seasons of Downton Abbey, seasons three and four. And I was just in the perfect mindset to watch this movie because I had just come off of another family that similarly saw themselves as not just being wealthy, but as being wealthy, having an obligation to the town and seeing that they that they have to behave in a certain manner and that they can't be accused of any sort of impropriety Mm -hmm. and all this stuff um so really the two were reminding me so much of each other especially aunt polly kind of reminded me of what mary would be like if she had never like ended up with matthew or anything like that if she had just kind of ended up as this old maid character um but and the and really the relationship there between uh her and Dr. Chilton is very akin to Marian Matthew from Downton Abbey. But I like the mindset of the rich and the wealthy, um, basically taking care of this town was not an entirely foreign concept to me,
1: yeah. Well, it's pretty, I mean, a lot of towns in the U.S. are either renamed after something overseas or after people who founded it, so it's pretty. It's pretty common, you know. Um, one of my favorite things is when she's asking how she likes her room, and then she kind of, like, explains that it's so far away because she doesn't know what to do about children's noises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not used to children noises in the house. So
0: so her answer to that is just, ah, just put them up there. We won't worry about it.
1: Yeah, she always gets her exercise going to her room.
0: That's a good point, since you're playing the Gladness game, Todd. Yep. Yep, Indeed.
1: I think that's all we should do for the rest of the episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think we're going to have some pacing issues that we're not going to be very glad about. I think that's, like we said, the, the biggest issue with this is that some of these things go on a little too long. Like this dinner scene, you know, when Pollyanna spills her milk and things, like there's just, and it, I, I was, I'm with David Swift and like you could probably cut like 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there. You know, they linger on things for just a little Awkward bit too timing. long
4: awkward yeah timing. yeah mm-hmm. i could that would that that that's the actual scene that i was like wait 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 why are we waiting so long on this one scene with milk <laughs> where did that come from i yeah. think
2: my my one note on pacing in this movie was just one word prisms
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> very true uh we will we will get to that for sure. Uh and so Pollyanna ends up in the in the drawing room, I guess is what it is, where the or the sewing room or I'm not sure what room it is, but uh where Aunt Polly is sewing something or needle pointing something, I'm not really sure, and she finally decides to go to bed and throws her arms around Aunt Aunt Polly and gives her a kiss, which uh, Jane Wyman, I I think she does a great job in the movie. I mean, I don't know how much Jane Wyman you guys have seen in other old movies, uh, but this is this is one of her very best performances.
1: Yeah. I find that for someone who's supposed to who's portraying someone stoic and not emotion emotive, that she does it in this way that actually is emotive. Yeah, right. And sure. I, I think that's the interesting thing about it.
0: Well, and it was a very different character for her too. Like, if you've seen any of her other movies, she generally plays a little bit more of the femme fatale type in in a lot of her other films. You know, she's she's not the the uptight stoic type in her other in a lot of her other movies. So, I thought uh, I watched one of her movies over the Christmas break, Johnny Belinda, and the difference in the acting from Pollyanna to to Johnny Belinda is is like night and day. Uh, so it's a really good performance on her part.
4: Yeah, I really enjoy her performing. She, she's great as Anne Polly, and she really does hit those emotional uh, points in the film very, very well.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the next day, Polly decides that Pollyanna needs a new wardrobe because the only thing she has is this sort of shift that she was wearing when she came uh, to live with her. So they take her to the store, uh, to the general store, and there's a fun like and you want to talk about pacing issues. I think that, <laughs> that particular scene of of shopping goes on for for quite some time.
2: Yeah, it's it's all very pretty woman because all the clerks are rolling their eyes and making faces yeah. at her at like her clothes mm-hmm. and her manners, <laughs> but she's just really excited to go shopping. So, um, but the the music in this scene really stands out to me as probably some of the most overbearing music in the movie.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs>
0: Well, I think because there's no dialogue, right? So the music yeah. is sort of carrying the mood of the entire
1: scene because it's it's what Todd, it's a montage. It's a I said close shopping montage. That's what my notes say. Yep.
4: I can't resist one of those though. When you see the when you see the before and after, I don't know about Cheryl or Rachel. I don't know about you both, but I just love those scenes. I think my favorite one that a Disney film does is the one in Life Size, where they just kind of. They, but they but they cut it very well. They have a great pop song to do it with, and they show all these different types of costumes on Eve, the Barbie doll type of doll. But with Pollyanna, I didn't think there was enough of seeing all the different types of clothing she wears. Uh, I don't know. It just seemed more of reaction shots rather than let's see some of the actual clothing that she's going to wear and her talking with uh, Aunt Polly about it. So that was kind of a little iffy on me on my part.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think other than, I mean, since we're talking about her dresses, other than the first dress that she walks out in, which has a lot of on it, <laughs> um, a lot. Yes, uh, the the rest of the movie, all the dresses look relatively the same. Yeah, yeah they
4: don't have any difference. Th- I think they look like the ones that she had when she came. To be quite honest, they don't look any fancier, and at, at least some of them don't. They look yeah. pretty plain.
1: Well, she's pretty much a beanpole of a kid. That's, That's true. true. Yeah. So. <laughs> so
4: might have been a little bit more different if she was a little bit older. So. We'll give them neck. We'll give them a little bit of credit there.
1: Like in Moonspinners, for example, where her dresses are like one of the greatest things in slide spread, apparently. For oh, really yes. nice. they are.
4: They are. I haven't seen that in a while, but I do remember her dresses, and I really, really like them. <laughs> I they do like w- the costumes in this film, by the way. Props to whoever did the costumes because they're very, very—they're gorgeous, and I love Aunt Polly's dresses. They're very, very nice.
1: George is a dapper dresser. <laughs> this is this is very true.
4: Oh, he's so good looking. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I interviewed him actually. I interviewed uh, James uh, Drury. Um, how many? Three years ago, and he said he had a great time filming that uh, movie, especially with Nancy Olsen and and um, um, oh my goodness, and, and with Haley Mills because they all <laughs> for one day they had to just eat ice cream, <laughs> uh, which is fun. So and and just you know having fun doing those cute little scenes, which. We're like, is is he actually an uncle or is he not? You know, that's they're really <laughs> yeah. they're really cute scenes.
0: <laughs> well yeah, that's that's the next part of the movie is right, as they're leaving the general store, there's this big emergency and Aunt Polly has to take off. We don't know right away what the emergency is, but uh they Pollyanna gets left with, with Nancy uh, and it turns out that George, her, her, you know, the man who who is courting her, shall we say, comes over, and instead he, she introduces him as her cousin Fred, uh, to keep Pollyanna from telling Aunt Polly, you know, what's going on. Uh, and it turns out that the emergency that happened was a burst water pipe at what's called the Harrington House, which is the town orphanage. It's so, like everybody in town is there, uh, including Polly. Uh, the Mayor uh, and then polly's f- former boyfriend, which we did not know that this is who he is, but it's dr. Dr. Edmund Chilton, which I thought was a very uptight name for this guy who was trying to loosen someone else up
1: also the Mayor's son,
2: yes, I kind of wondered when I first heard his name if that's what Chilton Academy was named for on Gilmore Girls because I know that. Yeah, Um, I don't know. That Amy Sherman Palladino likes to put in little references like that to movies from that era. She does.
0: Hmm. Inquiring minds want to know. I've watched a lot of that over the last two months.
2: (laughs) Amy Sherman Palladino, please email us. Let us know. Is Chilton Academy named for Dr. Chilton?
0: Come on the show. We'll do a movie with (laughs) you. I'm sure she's listening, as always. Yeah. Of course our next
1: stage notes before the movie.
0: Right, of course, yeah. Uh, so Fred, quote unquote, and Nancy and Pollyanna go and share some ice cream. When they come back to the house, uh, Aunt Polly has called a big town meeting to deal with this problem, right? Because Aunt Polly apparently is more in charge of the town than the mayor. This is what we learn, Because the mayor in the town meeting wants the town to fix the orphanage. And Aunt Polly says, no, it's... It's my family home. I'm going to fix it. The town really, the mayor wants to like tear the house down because it's old and rotting down and he wants to rebuild it and rebuild the kids a nicer orphanage. Which I have to say for a small town, they have a lot of orphans.
2: Yeah, a whole lot of orphans.
0: <laughs> like they must have had like some yellow fever or something go through this town.
1: I and mean, or the entire state just ships all their orphans there, who
0: knows it could be it's like boystown
1: it, it is true though he says it's it's inadequate for thirty two children i'm sure there were a hundred and thirty two children running around that
0: place, right, well, and like total population of the town, because they all show up at Poly, at Aunt Polly's house at the end of the movie, can't be more than a hundred people <laughs> true. <laughs> So, the orphan to inhabitant ratio is like one to one.
1: <laughs> You'd think they'd not have orphans in that case. I mean, none of them seem to have children, except they're like. Pollyanna's the only actual kid in the town, other than the yes. orphans.
0: Right. I think there is definitely a, some money to be made by writing the fan fiction that tells that story, why also, that happened.
1: Also makes you wonder why there's an ice cream mm. shop in town to begin with, then. I, I think there's a dark side to this
0: story that needs to be explored. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, is there's something fishy going on. But yeah, this is where we we find out that Aunt Polly really runs the town because nobody will stand up and say anything. Nobody will do anything. Uh they all just go, Okay, and you know, Aunt Polly will fix the orphanage and nobody else gets to gets to do anything. And so the mayor leaves, he's all upset and uh, they're talking about the fact that, uh, you know, the, as everybody leaves, you know, Pollyanna gets sort of banished to the kitchen and she's there with Tilly and Angelica and Nancy. And, you know, A- Angie is very upset about the fact that Pollyanna is always cheerful. She's like, you know, the orphanage just broke and, you know, all these darn people were in the house and tomorrow's Sunday. And so when she finds out, they start warning her that Sunday is coming. And that it's very bad. Sour stomach. Yeah, that it's not going to be fun, even though it's their day off. And so...
4: (laughs) It leaves you you wondering what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's like building up to this. And and you already know that Aunt Polly has been giving notes on the sermon. (laughs) So, like, she, they, there was this illusion earlier when she was talking with the pastor about the fact that, you know, hey, you only have the congregation for one day, and then they can go be wicked for six. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I also like that she she's more than giving him notes; she's telling him specifically which uh, passages in the in the Bible to sermonize. Of course, because cause obviously
0: she's she's a a trained uh, priestess, right? <laughs> of course. And so they go to church the next day, and the Reverend, um, Carl Malden's character, gives this, like, fire and brimstone, doesn't even cover (laughs) it sermon.
4: What's the line?
1: Death comes unexpectedly.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I have have a note about this sermon. It's just, the sermon in this movie is so long.
0: It it is, yes.
2: Like usually, when you have a sermon in a movie, it'll be like a little bit of it. Like it'll be like the beginning or the end of it.
4: Like yeah. I think, and then something you see a like, reaction from the people mm-hmm. exiting the actual church. Did,
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> did, did, exactly. Did, any, did anyone else catch that the sermon is really an analogy for Aunt Polly and how she controls the town? Yes. Yes.
4: yes. Yep. Okay, because well, that's that's what you. This time.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what you're supposed to come away with from the sermon. Not really that it's a sermon about death comes unexpected, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah. he only says about six times. <laughs>
2: But I mean, like I've seen other movies that have had, you know, a similar sort of dynamic. Like the movie that immediately comes to mind is Chocolat. And they managed to get that across in like a minute of the sermon. Right. That that this one person is kind of controlling the church and controlling the town.
4: <laughs> also- I was really confused why it was going on so long. I didn't I didn't I didn't realize watching it again, I didn't really realize it was that long and there's so many reaction shots and and to to random characters you know of course you know i'd like to see what they think about it but then we have this whole thing with the little boys tying the girls hair braids together we never see what comes of that i guess we're just supposed to assume you know all all little orphan kids just cause trouble during ceremonies don't stare at the orphans
0: I don't see why you wouldn't though. I mean, they're you're right. They're doing stuff. There's there's <laughs> stuff going on back there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree though. Like the they spend a lot of time with the being mischievous and nothing comes of the frog being in the church or the hair being tied together.
4: And it's like they were trying to uh, trying to have characterization for Jimmy Bean, but in reality he doesn't he's not really a bad kid. He just wants to explore and he Really admires the tree that's in the um, one of the uh, oh I, forget, I keep forgetting his name Mr. in uh, Pen- Mr. Pendergast <laughs> in his yard. He doesn't really do anything then except just leave the uh, leave without getting permission to leave the orphanage. So I don't really understand what that really wasn't needed. But nobody,
1: nobody seemed to really care that he wasn't at the orphanage though.
4: I know right. nobody, nobody was like, where is he? Like Miss Hannigan and Annie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's the next
0: big thing, right? Is you know they they go home and Pollyanna plays the glad game and says, you know, well, I guess it's the best thing to be glad about is that Sunday is another six days away. Yep. <laughs> uh, but the next day, you know, she's passing the orphanage, and we talked about you know uh, Jimmy Bean is escaping <laughs> down a tree, and she gets on his case, but then she goes with him and uh, goes down and fishing with him, which which doesn't work out so well, and. But she runs into Dr. Chilton and says, you know, hey, Aunt Polly's going to be at home by herself. Hint,
1: hint, hint. And she's got great hair. Right.
0: She should <laughs> let her hair down. She's there.
4: Oh, boy.
0: Polly and a matchmaker. <laughs> she
1: is kind of cute in the movie, though. Oh, she's Haley adorable. Bills, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean oh. that's, that's her thing, you know.
3: Yeah. I think the fish-catching expedition is kind of cute. Well, with
1: her and Jimmy Co- corporate No, I, I just
3: think Kim does dropping rocks in the, in the water. <laughs> I think we should try that, that sometime. We would yeah. be very successful. It,
1: it, it, <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> we live in the south. They fish with dynamite down here. What are you talking about? <laughs> don't give away our secrets, Todd.
4: I thought they were alligators, too.
1: <laughs> That's half of what the dynamite's for. That's
4: right. That's true.
0: <laughs> you got to kill the gators so they don't need to fish. <laughs> work. no
4: don't kill the gators
0: yep yeah. no that's how it works <laughs> and so uh, Jimmy and Pollyanna end up going to the mansion of Mr. Pendergast right so Jimmy says there's this legend that you know Mr. Pendergast catches kids and puts them in the basement and eats them or some craziness like this but he, she, still, she still goes with him after he's telling her this story this is the part I don't understand why? why would you, I would be like, yeah, good luck, orphan kid, that I just
1: met five minutes ago. She does get mad, though, that that the whole reason for going there was the to drag her to show her a tree.
0: I don't blame her, because I would be mad about that, too. Like, you're risking me getting locked in the basement and eaten by this crazy old man to show me a tree?
4: <laughs> oh, boys. <laughs> That's the only reason, like, I, I kind of was thinking about it, but... <laughs>
0: Yeah, but yes, Mr. Pendergast catches them, catches Jimmy Bean, and catches Pollyanna, and he pretends that the whole thing is true about him keeping kids in the basement and all that. And it turns out, of course, it's not. And you know, he he pretends to be true that he's mean, but then we get into the idea of prisms. Rachel's favorite.
2: (laughs) Oh yes, my favorite. It's not cue, so bad cue the here. the prism music. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's not so bad here because she just notices – Pollyanna notices that there's a rainbow on the wall, and he sort of explains it to her in a brusque sort of manner, right, like really quickly. It's later when we spend like 15 minutes on it in every person's house that it gets a little more annoying.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean here it really does – like, it reminded me of when I was a kid, because I remember being kind of obsessed with that for about a day, like when I discovered yeah. that there were things that could create rainbows on the wall. Oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Um, but that lasted for about a day for me as a kid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah. It it took me back to that, and I think it's entirely realistic that these kids would be so obsessed with it. Because also, this is an age before the internet and before a million other things for them to do. Right. So, yeah. Well,
0: best I can tell, Pollyanna doesn't actually have anything to do. Like, I didn't – there's no (laughs) books in that house. Obviously, like you said, there's no TV. Uh, She's not allowed to go and play with anyone. So I'm not really sure what it is exactly that she's supposed to be doing. It, it was See, also this summertime is, again, too. Yes, yeah, so,
4: this, this yeah. is a, this is something that I I actually did not like that this film did. And watching the uh, remake in 2003, they actually show a montage of her working on several different projects. She lear- she learns how to read, and she reads very theatrically. Uh, t- um, To Aunt Polly and to the rest of the town. And they're really enthralled and and excited by it. Uh, Then she also learns how to write a poem... Um, that she also learns how to um, sew, too. And Aunt Polly does establish in the beginning scene, this is your schedule. This is what you do. And Pollyanna makes a good uh, quote. She says, well, when do I have time to live? You know, like I have this whole schedule. When do I have time to live? Which is kind of like a running theme in that movie more so than anything. But I I, I thought that that would be more interesting if we had a montage of what she does with Aunt Polly and the rest of the town rather than these long 15-minute segments. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. It, although for much of the movie, really, Aunt Polly doesn't want to have anything to do with her. No, yeah, not at all. But yeah, I yeah. think
4: that's that. I think that needed. A, how long was she? How long does this take place between? Doesn't it take like about three months, four months? It. it when she's in yeah, the town.
1: Seems about that.
4: I would say I would think that she would Aunt Polly would have kind of grown to be a little bit more understanding within two months. You know, not as as stoic as you said she was, you know, so it would have been nice to have seen a little bit more interaction with aunt Polly and Pollyanna, maybe here and there more so than after the accident, because of course, you know, she's, she feels awful. Um, but yeah, I digress.
0: <laughs> well, she kind of just is awful, right? Cause the, like once they get away from, from Mr. Pendergast, we go over to uh, what happens with when uh, Dr. Chilson visits the house and, You know, like he shows up, and there's this whole thing of like he's he's saying to her, like, "Yeah, I was gone because I didn't think you could, uh, you know, I didn't think you were you were there. I didn't think you were ready yet. But you know, I'm back. Are you are you interested? And and all that kind of stuff. And it just turns so quickly into an argument because she's just like, "Oh yeah, I don't need you, and uh, I want to run the town the way I'm going to run it. And
1: she's just very mean." Yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah, now I remember why I left. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Yeah, he does that, oh, no, he didn't thing. He just uh, kind of, yeah, and then the the maids comment on it, too, how he actually put her in her place. Um, And uh, and you you see how upset she is. You know, I think she yearns to not be that. Mean person, and you see it in the next scene when she goes in and she tries to put her hair down, which refers to what Pollyanna and and the doctor were discussing earlier in the film, which I thought was very nice to see that because you need to see some emotion from this woman, and she's basically keeping it in and not and not able to express it at all.
2: Like, yeah, which is very upper class and very much the manners of that day. You don't you don't share your emotions with other people. You don't inflict them upon other people. You wait until you're in your bedroom and brushing your hair, and then you break down and cry because this is this is a perfectly healthy way to deal with emotions.
0: But mm-hmm. I thought Gene Wyman's performance in doing it, like, because it's the one time oh, yeah. until the very end when she, that you see anything out of her. But like Todd said, that subtle sort of thing is playing underneath her almost the whole time. And here you see it sort of break through for the one time in the whole movie that lets you know that, you know, Aunt Polly is human. Right? She's yeah. not just a, a robot.
4: Which I love seeing that. And um the actually I was kinda I I got confused when I was watching this version. I was like, wait, wait, I thought Pollyanna brushes her hair out and then leaves the room and says something. But that was actually I think it was in the book, and then when I saw the remake, it was in that too, which was actually a very different way of looking at it. Pollyanna says, well, you look, you're beautiful. She puts a flower in her hair, and she tells her to close her eyes and look at the mirror and say that she's beautiful. Then Pollyanna leaves, and then Aunt Polly breaks down. But you see that characterization with characters working with one another, you know, and, and I love seeing that. I'm, I'm, I'm all about characters and how they interact with one another. You guys know that. So um, yeah. I, I did like that that was in the book and I kind of wish they kind of put, I, I do wish that they put it in this, but um, I think for Jane as an actress, she really did a very good job with aunt Polly and, and uh, balancing between the stoic character and the emotional side of aunt Polly.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. So the next bit in in the movie is the delivery of the charity baskets, which uh, are like it's it's interesting because if you're just watching the movie today, like the it's hard to I think under for people some people to understand, especially younger folks, like what's actually going on because they're they don't come out and say that this is like rude to be delivering these baskets to people who in fact are fine. They don't really necessarily need all this stuff uh, or the, and don't want the things that are being delivered to them, (laughs) you know, because they don't,
4: it's hard to understand by watching it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to understand like what aunt Polly's doing. That is so, wrong necessarily like because she is giving things to people in this scene and like she wants to fix the orphanage in the other scene which on the surface doesn't you know like that would not appear to be something that is wrong like when my daughter was watching it she's like well why don't they want you know aunt polly to to do this you know what i mean so it's It's interesting in that, like most Disney films, don't have any sort of subtlety to them. Which is not—I'm not saying that is a bad thing, but right, it doesn't. And this one sort of does.
2: Yeah, because I mean, she's going out there and just giving them this stuff. She's not first asking, "Hey, what do you need? Like, what are what are you short on? Like, what?" Um, she just sends this stuff out to people, and they're like, "Well, the one guy's just like, I don't really like this. I'm just gonna throw it out."
0: Yeah, and that's the whole thing, is right, is that she's just assuming that these people need her, uh, yeah. and she's trying to get them to basically be reliant on her, uh, rather than you know trying to actually take care of what people want taken care of in the town. But yeah. you know, it is it is a little bit of a subtle distinction, which, like I said, is not normal for, for Disney films. And I like that. I like the fact that it's you know there's there's more to it. Uh, than, than most disney films but uh the, the one the last stops one of the last stops rather i should say for pollyanna is uh mrs snow's house and so nancy and pollyanna go into mrs snow's house after uh they have made their deliveries and pollyanna has started uh, positioning this as like hey it's just a gift from one friend to another it's not a charity basket you know uh which goes over a little bit better from everybody and she goes into Mrs. Snow's house and this is Agnes Moorhead's character which basically she is laying in her bed Um, she's a hypochondriac who thinks she's going to die any minute and she's torturing her poor daughter uh, you know to bring her everything she's taking pills all this stuff I mean just like she's literally like the opposite of Pollyanna like everything is awful and will never get better
4: the glass is half empty
0: yes (laughs) and it's it's Pollyanna who goes in and starts talking to her and uh gets told what an impertinent child she is and and all these sorts of things, but at the end of it uh they're hanging up prisms, which i know made rachel very happy
2: they they could they could start up their own uh, etsy store well, there you of, go. Uh, <laughs> of uh, prism prism things
3: well you kind of did
0: at the bazaar good man. idea and, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean like it, she basically takes Mrs. Snow from, you know, being this this woman sitting there who won't do anything to at least she's gotten her interested in what Pollyanna's doing in, in Hanging the Prisms, right? So it's like a – and the funniest part for me is Nancy and uh, her daughter, and I forget the daughter's name, sitting at the kitchen table just gossiping basically. It's one of those moments like if you have kids – where you were like wait I haven't heard the kids in like 20 minutes what's going on something's happened <laughs> you know like it's that that's that, that fear you have when things get really quiet and they run in and see them hanging the prisms very very funny i i yes. thought that that was like my funny the funniest part of the whole movie for me was those two sitting there and then just running into the other room and so the other bit that that's going on after this is the mayor and Dr Chilton are trying to figure out a way to do a fundraiser for the new orphanage, right? So, this is going on, and they're trying to convince everybody in town to get behind this. In other words, like they are going against, you know, Polly, Aunt Polly, in every way, shape, or form. And so, they start convincing everybody to do this, and they get Pollyanna even on board, who doesn't think about the fact that it's against Aunt Polly. She just wants to help the town and raise funds and all the sort of things. So she starts visiting people to convince them of things uh, to do. Like she she and Jimmy go to visit Mr. Pendergast. Um, they hang up more prisms for about half an hour.
4: That that scene was so long. I thought originally the first prism scene with them, that was when he came back. He didn't completely run out on Pollyanna, and they just talked about it for a little bit. But I didn't realize it was so darn long. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I do like that they took down the chandelier to get all the prisms. Yes. Them. Yeah.
4: Oh boy.
0: <laughs> well, he had a lot of
1: them. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> Apparently, a never-ending supply. Uh, based on his his fair experience. So yeah. So she convinces him that he should sell them at the bazaar as rainbow makers, and of course, he's not interested in that, even though he actually is. Uh, he, she goes to Mrs. Snow and. Like, this scene drags on for a long, long time, but the, I think the idea behind it was really good, which is, like, she's sitting there trying to pick out her coffin lining and the handles for her coffin, and Pollyanna's trying to convince her to do something to reintegrate herself into society. Like, the juxtaposition makes perfect sense, but, man, that conversation goes on forever.
4: And the man just is so rude to yeah. Pollyanna. Every single sentence she says, he interrupts with something.
3: I think it would have been quicker had you just gone, you know, get out. Okay, Pollyanna, now tell me what you wanted, and then let's continue.
4: Right. I didn't realize I hurt her feelings. (laughs) Yeah, well, well, I didn't realize you hurt her feelings either.
1: (laughs) Good job, guy. Good job.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like, that guy's got to be, like, the most evil person in the film, even over Aunt Polly, because, like, he made Pollyanna mad. Yeah. So the next bit, of course, is that uh, Aunt Polly figures out what's going on in the town, and you know she she tries to put a stop to it. She tells, uh, she tells Pollyanna and Nancy that they can't be involved. She tells everybody else, that, you know, that they in her household that they can't be involved. All this sort of thing, and it's at that point that the mayor and uh, Doctor Chilton decide they've got to figure out another way to to get the town on board because in the barber shop, you know, everybody in town's like, "Oh, we're not coming to the bazaar because, you know, our wives and we work for Polly Harrington and, you know, it's not worth it. Our lives won't be worth anything if we go and she finds out and all this kind of stuff." And it, Somebody makes the comment that, like, she owns everything in town, and then to, and then something to the effect of, like, well, she doesn't own – nobody can own the church.
3: Pollyanna says that.
0: Yeah, Pollyanna says that. And so that is their plan, is that yep. they're going to go to the pastor and talk to him yeah. that he should endorse the bazaar from the pulpit. I would like to raise a uh, point of order here. So. Which is- which is that Aunt Polly doesn't own the, the pulpit, but neither do they.
4: Who owns it then? Well, my point, <laughs> being, my
0: point being, like, they're basically doing exactly what they're telling him, what they're saying she was doing.
2: Well the big problem here is that the pastor thinks that he's not taking a side by not doing anything. But by not taking any action they are correct. I mean he is essentially siding with her. And it's it's a it's a fundraiser bazaar for an orphanage. It kind of seems like something that you know you'd make an announcement about in church, especially back in that day when you know the church was also not only, you know, place of Uh, religious significance and you know a binding force for the town that it's like these are the things that we believe in and that we that we hold dear um but it was also very much a social place as well right um it doesn't seem to make much sense like uh, if if you take out like mrs uh aunt polly and her influence it doesn't make sense that the church wouldn't make an announcement about it at least if not you know give their endorsement for it
0: Okay, I could buy that could and that
3: be- was the same plot I was going all line I was going on, on for It's just an announcement. Hmm. I don't think they were look i mean I don't think i mean I think they would have liked his you know that they wanted him to support it, but I mean they really just wanted the
0: announcement okay, I could buy that I could buy that for sure. Uh, unfortunately, when they go to visit him, they do not get this. uh, They're not, uh, you know, they don't get his assurance that this is going to happen. Instead, he says, you know, well, I don't think that's what I'm going to do, you know, basically, you know, turns them down. And it's not until he runs across Pollyanna, uh, apparently out in the desert.
2: He's gone to the wilderness to be be with God, apparently.
0: Yeah, and Pollyanna wandered after him, but she, she basically talks him, says, like, you know, your sermon – she doesn't say it in this way, but basically says, like, your sermons are always so negative, but, you know, the, the the Bible mentions happiness, you know, 800 times. And, you know, it sort of weighs on him a little bit. And when they go to church the next Sunday, he starts saying, no – you know, in fact, somebody told me it was 800 times that happiness is mentioned in the Bible. In fact, I stayed up and counted it. It's, like, what, 826?
1: Mm-hmm. Sounds right. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, and says, you know, you need to look for the, the, the good in mankind. Uh, if you look for the bad in mankind, you will you will surely find it. And sa- says to everyone that, you know, you need to go to this bazaar. You need to do things. You need to be out in public. Uh, and Aunt Polly, of course, is mortified. But everybody in town after church, rather than going home and being sad, everybody's like happy and shaking hands and and, and all this kind of stuff. And
1: and he also apologizes that, to the to the congregation, which
4: is,
0: yes, I think, yeah, a, it's
4: yeah. a I good moment. I forgot about that
1: point. Yeah, he
4: does. Really he apologizes for
1: for having
0: been so cruel, basically, to them the rest of the year or the rest. Uh, I guess he's been there for quite some time. Uh, and he says he's going to preach a sermon on each of those passages about happiness for the next sixteen years.
4: <laughs> yep, <laughs> and then start over again. <laughs>
0: Which, I mean, I'm all for the happiness, but that, that might get old after a little while. I'm just saying. <laughs> Sixteen years.
1: The Happy Reverend.
0: Yeah. There's another spinoff book. We've got another spinoff book of this movie. The Happy Reverend. So then the next thing that happens is, of course, the bazaar, which Pollyanna is uh, restricted from going to. Aunt Polly has, is sulking in her house and will not let anybody attend, even though her cook is making cakes for the place. Nancy is there with, uh, with George – Uh, you know, the whole thing. And so Jimmy Bean sneaks out and, you know, tries to get Pollyanna to come down, gets her to climb down a tree uh, to go to the bazaar. And she just wanders around the bazaar, basically running into every character uh, that we've seen already in the movie. There's Mr. Pendergast is there selling his rainbow makers. She's getting corn. She's getting, uh, she, you know, the reverend wanders by and dunks one of the congregation, uh, in the in the water tank, there's uh, Pollyanna. Everybody's telling Pollyanna she's got to get to the stage. She runs into Mrs. Snow, who did the quilt that she gave her earlier. Uh, and she finally gets to the stage, and that's what you were talking about, Rachel, where they are all dressed up in little pieces of the American flag.
3: Oh, she gets the doll, don't forget.
0: Yep, and she yep. Says, you're right, <laughs> she gets the doll, she wins the doll. And uh, they get, you know, she's singing uh, from the stage, America the Beautiful.
1: You know, I think that doll's going to be the death of her.
0: Oh, wow. oh. oh, that was that was bad.
4: We're going to get our pitchforks now, Todd. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like, like I was saying, we were saying earlier about the music, like when she's climbing out of the window, like there's this foreboding music. Did you yeah. guys notice that this time? I hadn't noticed it before.
4: But, but remember, she mentions the crutches. Remember, she was sent the crutches. Yes. Instead of the doll, that's another yeah. foreboding thing too. And I was like, wow, I didn't even pick up that when I last saw it. So she says, "Be uh, that the the glad game was be happy that you don't need ha- need to use the crutches." So that was a that was a very interesting one too. But yeah,
2: yeah. Well, the kid that's that's in the uh, orphan. I mean, he keeps talking about climbing trees and like to the to the point that I put in my notes. Well, this is Chekhov's climbing tree.
0: He kind of is, you're right. I, didn't, I hadn't thought about it that way, but you're right.
3: Um, I and- also have an error in this scene. <laughs> yeah? Because the um, during the bazaar, the girls have a flag with 13 stars, which I think is right because I think they're representing the 13 colonies. But according to this, the flag should have had um, at that point, forty-five stars because Utah had just joined the union. So, but I think the flag was representing the original colonies. So I'll I'll give them that. But
1: I
0: noticed that as well. Like it's like a circular thing. It's a little. It was yeah. a little weird. Yeah. You know? Maybe it was just an original thirteen colonies type of a deal. I don't know. That's a good question. But yes, uh, so Pollyanna wins the doll, she sings, the whole town is happy, she goes back to uh, Aunt Polly's house, and Aunt Polly is sitting, you know, sort of right inside the door, basically, and so she can't go in.
1: And so she has to climb up
0: the tree.
3: Okay, plot, plot hole number one.
1: There Polly. was a back door into the kitchen and by her side.
3: And ladies from the kitchen were there at, the, at the, the festival. Why didn't she just wait for them?
4: And go home with them. Did she meet them at the festival? Did she know they were going though? Yeah, saw
0: her. Yeah,
2: yeah, because she got the slice of cake.
4: Oh yes, she, yes, I forgot. Yeah. Sorry, that was my fault.
0: Which, by the oh. way, I I want my next slice of cake at Disney <laughs> to be that size. That was the most <laughs> amazing cake ever. Yes, it was.
2: <laughs> I have I have one quick note about the bazaar, real quick, before we move on to the the big tree scene. Um the joke that the re- that the uh reverend makes at the dunking booth is <laughs> such a pastor joke.
4: Oh yes. yes. I've been is- trying for 10 years to get you baptized.
2: <laughs> yes, that is that is very much a church chuckle. I I I kind of really love that line.
0: It was pretty funny. <laughs> yep. I agree. Yeah, so of course she gets back uh starts climbing the tree. And maybe it's just because I knew what was happening. But obviously, like I said before, I, I felt this, like, sense of foreboding uh, as she's climbing the tree and, you know, as she's going through. It felt like this scene – because I i mean I'm assuming we all know that she's going to fall and hurt herself. It felt like this took forever. Yeah. Yep. And I think that was what it was meant to be, right? Like I think – Yes. I think you're meant to feel the – Oh my goodness, is she gonna fall? Is she gonna fall? And of course, you know, she does fall, screams.
3: Well wait, she goes for the doll. The doll falls first. Yes. And she goes yep. for the doll. She goes for the sacrifice the doll. Yep.
4: I just get so nervous. My hands get so sweaty during this scene. I don't like it. I had a hard time sitting through it again.
0: Yeah, oh, I don't blame you a bit. It's it's hard to watch. It's hard to go, oh, wait, don't show the ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very hard to watch.
3: Yeah, I keep for yelling sure. at her, don't go for the
0: doll. Yep. Did she listen, Cheryl? No. I uh, Okay, I was just curious.
4: Because she could have gone back in the window. See, that bothered me, too, that she could have gone back in the window and just reached her arm out around the corner and picked up the doll.
0: Or just left the doll and not fall nearly to her death.
4: Yeah. Or get Jimmy to get it.
0: Also a good point.
4: Because <laughs> he's a more expert comer. Exactly. <laughs>
0: And I have to say, like, I again, having not seen this in a long time, like, the shot of her um, so, sort of crumpled up on the ground after yes. she fell mm. was oh, terrifying.
4: <laughs> like, her legs this way and her arms this way. Oh, God, jeez. Yeah.
0: yeah, it was yep. bad. It's something
4: you never, ever want to see, but putting it in a children's movie is uh, – not, i wouldn't i wouldn 't be against it because there are harsh realities, and a lot of people say that Disney tries to sugarcoat everything, and I think this proves one point as in no they do not
0: yeah for sure yeah i mean it 's just scary uh, and and so uh aunt polly and and the the staff discover her send for the doctor, and it 's the next day where Aunt Polly comes down from upstairs, and uh, the doctor is uh, is still up there, Doctor Chilton. And she tells the rest of the staff that you know Pollyanna is not going to walk again. Uh, It doesn't appear, and that they she wants her to stay in that room. She's apparently moved her out of the attic room. Uh, And she wants her to stay in that room. She's going to be there a while. uh, That, you know, she wants her things moved out of that room. That this is going to be Pollyanna's room now. um, That she wants her around. Uh, So clearly, Aunt Polly is having a change of heart. Thank goodness. Yep. Um, Sadly, it took, you know, this event to make it happen. But... What happens next is what we've been talking about from the beginning, which is the most famous part of the movie, which is the whole town turns out, once they've heard what happened to her, um, Dr. Chilton is saying, you know, hey, her attitude, you know, because Pollyanna for the one time mm-hmm. is now no longer playing the glad game, even though Nancy tries to get her to do it. It doesn't work.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, Dr. Wait, Chilton says, we
4: point, point out that she, uh, the, the, the preacher does speak to Aunt Polly. This I think this is one of my favorite parts of the film because it's so emotional. And that's what, to, for, to make it work, you need the, both of the actors to really play at it. And um, it's when Aunt Polly says, well, why would God have... This happened to a child, you know, a child, and and it's so emotional, and uh, it's very interesting. The preacher says, well, you know, thank God that she came to this town. Thank God that she was there for us, you know, because Aunt Polly says, well, she should never have come. And very interesting, um, about a week ago, somebody sent me a documentary, and um, one of the mothers of – one of the—I hate to dampen the mood—but one of the mothers of one of the people who lost their lives on September 11th, uh, one of the towers, she says that after a couple years, um, that she looks at it as 26 years that she had her loving son, and I—I I was like, wow, that—that's just amazing that you know, after watching this movie again yesterday, like that connection, and I feel like that is just the heart of this movie, and I love that scene, and I think it's played so well. Um, by both actors, and I, I didn't want to forget mentioning it, but I, I just think no, it's, you're right. it's a perfect, perfect scene. Great. Just fantastic. And it does show you that Disney can put drama in their films, and it, and it works. It all, and I think it works very, very well.
0: Well, I think that goes back to what Todd was saying about like people that they see this as one of Disney's best achievements because it has it does deal with you know some very adult topics and it deals with them uh, realistically. You know, obviously, I think I think the whole idea of being quote unquote a Pollyanna gets a bad rap because when you look at what happens in the actual movie, it's not like she says that suffering doesn't exist you know what i mean like like you were saying Rachel early on you could yeah. definitely take it to that end but that's not what she does you know what i mean in the movie and it's it, that's what that's what you're talking about Tammy is that's not what the what what the reverend does he doesn't say like oh no she'll be fine he says no but she brought us all together right it's not a case of where you know we should not be glad that she showed up um it's unfortunate what's happened but you know she created something that is going to last and that's what happens in the last scene is mm-hmm. the whole town comes in and and
4: he's the start of the ripple of the glad game happening that reciprocates right back to pollyanna because she started it now the town is starting it and it starts with the preacher so i yeah. feel like that it, it all comes and wraps around which is a very good point is why it's so memorable as a disney film
0: yeah well, and that's that's the end of the movie, right? Is that everybody shows up in in the house? Um, Doctor Chilton w- was saying that you know her attitude needed to be better, or the surgery wouldn't work, um, which I think is a little bit of faux science there, but you know we'll we'll allow it, right?
4: Yes, I'll right. pass.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he carries her downstairs to see everyone who is. Uh, down there. And, you know, it connects back to almost everything that's happened throughout the entire movie of uh, Mrs. Snow is there and uh, George and Nancy are engaged. She shows them the, shows her the engagement ring. You know, there's all these different things of, that have happened to everybody. Uh, uh, Jimmy gets adopted by Mr. Pendergast. Uh, It's a whole, uh, you know, like it brings everything that people were suffering. uh, It, it is over at this point and, uh, Pollyanna goes and gets carried to the train, uh, and taken out as, uh, the rest of the town sort of waves her goodbye, uh, as she gets on the train to go for her surgery.
3: And the, um, two mm-hmm. things, their car is all covered in flowers mm-hmm. and, um, they hang the sign that says the clad town.
0: Mm.
4: Mm. hmm That's mm-hmm. right. A good ending to a f- good, great film.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it, since since you think that way, is there anything else, uh, guys, that you want to say before we, we start rating this?
2: I have a few quick uh, stray notes that didn't really easily fit into the summary. Um, <laughs> there is a Pollyanna Day that's uh, celebrated annually in Littleton, New Hampshire, where they actually give out a Pollyanna Signature Award to an individual in the town who embodies the values of Pollyanna. Um, Which, if you want to look that up, there's actually a website that has a listing of all the winners from, I think, the past 10 years. Um, And there's also an excellent article about the women of Pollyanna from the Walt Disney Family Museum. I'll uh, get a link so that that can be down in the show notes. Um, Also, uh, in the BBC adaptation of Pollyanna... Uh, Broadway royalty, uh, the late, great Elaine Stritch actually played Aunt Polly, which having heard that, I now really want to seek out this adaptation of it. Um, I don't know how good it is, but she uh, is always enjoyable, and it's kind of really good casting to put her as Aunt Polly. Um,
1: I, I went to college with a friend who's from Littleton and
2: mm-hmm.
1: went to her house uh, once, and if when you go to the town square, there's actually a statue of Pollyanna there.
2: Yes, yeah. I was gonna say all the pictures of the winners from the past years are always in front of that statue.
4: Oh that's cool. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: Also there were a lot of uh, little offshoot movie merchandise things. you know It's got comic books. There's a paper doll collection that apparently is very popular.
4: Uh, I remember a that people,
1: a lot of people have reproduced. Well, you you well, not, you I wasn't kid, there
4: when they came out, but <laughs> no, no, I remember but seeing them in consign, consignment shops. They used yeah, to have you them. Or you might have
1: found it. a you might have used a, um, a replica because there's been a lot of replicas versions since people have like taken the originals and recreated them on better paper and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the the doll was super popular. That she oh, has yeah. right? It's 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 a Unita a poly- Pollyanna doll, the, which the United doll company made the Pollyanna doll that she had. So.
4: That's very cool. Yeah.
2: Also, had any, any of you ever heard of the version of Pollyanna called Polly that was done with an all-black
4: cast? No. I read about it when I was researching the film, uh, but I didn't get to see any clips of it. I didn't find any clips, but I, I definitely want to mm-hmm. check it out. Did you, did you find any more information on that?
2: Um, I was having a little bit of trouble finding a copy of it. I don't know if they've released it on DVD or not. I do know that it was available at one point on VHS, but I don't know if it's, I, I've heard that there's a couple clips of the, like, I guess there's some songs in it that are on YouTube from the VHS copies, but they're not very good quality. Um, and I don't know if, I think Disney actually produced, uh, that version of Pollyanna also. Um, I don't know if they have any plans to release it in the future.
4: Let's cross our fingers that they do. I'd, I'd really like to see it, or maybe we should just go to eBay and see if somebody has an old VHS copy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Yep. (laughs) All right. Well then, uh, let's, let's give some ratings for this one. Uh, you want to give us a start, Tammy, as our guest?
4: I would love to. That would be great. Um, well, I, I really do love this film. I think it it uh, does play very well on the parts that are um, very nicely edited together and not um, dragged out into awkward scenes, as we did mention beforehand. Uh, but I, I think I'm going to stick with... Uh, this is out of five, right?
0: <laughs> yes, that's right. Okay,
4: perfect. I'll, I'll, I think I'm going to stick with the three and a half. I really love the acting in this film, and I think everybody... Every, everybody in the cast brought something to the table. Every character was very different and, in, and definitely an individual for itself. Uh, and I love the story of Pollyanna. I think we need a lot of more Pollyannas in this world. So uh, I really did enjoy the movie. I'm glad I got to see it again. And I it was see great- what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, I should be playing. We should all play the the glad game a little bit more now and then. I try my best, but. Uh, Definitely going to look to Pollyanna <laughs> for uh, some uh, some uh, some um, future references.
0: <laughs> Alright. Uh, what about you, Cheryl?
4: I'm
3: going to um, ditto the three and a half. Um, I also thought it was good. Um, I also wanted to ask... Um, I also wanted to rate the three that we've been covering. Uh, the four that movies that we covered from haley Mills Month. And... um and go with, um, this is number one. Um, I would go with, um, In Search of the Castaways 2, um, 3, and Summer Magic 4.
0: There you go.
1: All right, Todd, what about you? Um, I'm also going to go with three and a half. I swear this wasn't pre-planned. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Although about- I, I differ from Cheryl's four, in a row. Since so since she did, I'm going to do it too. I I put this at the top. I like Moon Spinners better than In Search of the Castaways, and then at the bottom is Summer Magic. All right.
0: What about you, Rachel?
2: Okay. Um. I'm probably gonna. I'm gonna go. I am gonna go the lowest. I think of everyone on this one. I I really do enjoy Polly. Anna, but i have to give it two and three quarters just because of the pacing issues and if someone recut this and just tightened it up a bit i think i could up my score to three and a half but as it is where it stands i i would say that this is two and three quarters but i would still recommend that people check it out if they haven't seen it and Rachel, what, Rachel, what
3: about your four
2: yeah that's okay so so my four, I'm putting Moonspinner's top, I would put this next, then Summer Magic, and In Search of Castaways is my last one.
0: All right. I, I'm sort of right in there with you. I'm at number th- – I, I would go with a three for Pollyanna. Um, and, and like you say, if somebody would re-edit it, I think it would probably – for for me, it could even go up to a four. Uh, but, but we'll see. Um, it would be an interesting experiment for somebody to do, but I would give it a three. Uh, and of the four that we've done for Hayley Mills Month, I would put Pollyanna first uh, and Spinners second, but those two are very close in my eyes. Uh, and then I would probably say Summer Magic and then In Search of the Castaways. I think um, In Search of the Castaways just has some issues.
4: Yeah, I've not yep. seen it yet, but I'm very excited to see it and then listen to your review about it.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. All right, so Tammy, thanks for joining us.
4: Oh, I'm more than happy to join you. Thank you guys for having me. I love talking about Hayley Mills and all the movies she does. So thank you for having me on for the Hayley Mills Month. It's so exciting.
0: <laughs> you're very welcome. <laughs> uh, if you guys enjoyed our talk about Pollyanna or Hayley Mills Month, let us know about it. You can leave a comment in the show notes over at DisneyFilmProject.com. You can tweet us. We are at Film Project. Uh Find our Facebook page, Disney Film Project, or of course email us, DisneyFilmProject at gmail.com. We love to hear from you guys. Love to hear what you love liking about the show, disliking any of those sorts of things. So let us know. Uh, listening to the show can be done on iTunes, of course, but also on any of your podcast aggregators or on Stitcher or on Diz Dad's radio. So hopefully you guys have listened through, through all those different methods. And if you could take the time to go and leave a review or rate the show on iTunes, that helps people find the show. Uh, it's very helpful for people who are just um, starting out getting into podcasts, uh, which a lot of people are these days. So uh, if you could do, do that for us, it really helps us out. All right, so for this week's show, that's going to do it. Uh, for Rachel and Todd and Cheryl and our guest Tammy, I'm Ryan, and we'll see you again soon.
1: Talk on your own time. This sherbet is turning to mush.
0: You're a very fortunate little girl. Most children who've lost their parents would be sent to an orphanage.
4: You're going to join in with the others and make this into a town, not a dynasty. My father taught me never to tell a lie. We're going to bake cakes.
2: Dozens and dozens of them.